It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking... But I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to The Plodcast, a weekly adventure with nature in the British countryside, from the people who make BBC Country Farm magazine. I'm Hannah Tribe, and this week we're heading back to early spring in the Welsh hills. But for the second Plodcast in a row, we're not on foot. Following last week's paddle boarding on the River Wye with Maria, this week, Plodcast host Fergus takes two wheels to explore the hills of his beloved Banai Brachainiog. He's borrowed an electric bike and is planning to follow an old railway line into the wilds. Let's see how far he can get on a single battery charge. And will he get home again? It's just after breakfast. A little bit of blue sky through heavy cloud, but it's still. And that's a perfect time for an adventure, a podcast adventure. And this one's going to be a bit different. I'm standing beside a bike, an electric bike, an e-bike. And... I'm heading off into the Welsh hills along the ghost of an old railway line just to see how far I can get. And what I'm after is, is kind of what sort of experience of the countryside it's going to give me. Will it replace my car for some of my journeys? And can it sort of extend where I can get to and the places I can explore? So come with me and I'll have a little lapel mic so I can commentate as I go along, but I'll be stopping at any sort of interesting sites or wildlife along the way. But for now I've got to get through town to reach the railway, so I'm going to turn off uh, to avoid all the traffic and then you'll hear me next when we're on the railway line. So, um, yeah, I'm on the railway line. It was a tough little cycle through Abergavenny, my hometown, to get here. The railway line starts, now I'm cycling now, the side of the road, so you hear a bit of car noise. Um, 
Yeah, this railway line, well, it used to branch off from the, the still existing Abergavenny to, well, Cardiff to Manchester line. And uh, it used to branch off, so it was, this line was built mid-19th century, 1860, something like that, to link Abergavenny and Merthyr and the kind of industrial heartlands of uh, the, the Welsh coal fields and steel my, uh, steel works and all those kind of centres of industry that South Wales is famous for. So yeah, it was great. Obviously, ran through the town of Abergavenny. There's very few traces of it left in the town, but there are. There is a pub that I sometimes go to called the Station Hotel. And then across the road from it, the railway in. There's an embankment nearby. So I'm not actually on the road, although you can hear the cars. I'm on the cycle path, which is on the raised embankment of the, the old railway. Anyway, the railway came out of the town, crossed the River Usk, and went into the little village of Llanfoist, where I've, where I've picked it up. Above me, to my left, to the south, is the great hill of Bloringe, one of the three hills of Abergavenny. And then to my to the north is the Usk Valley. So I'm sort of heading heading west really. I'm heading west then south along this line. Um, lots of catkins on the hazels as I'm passing by. And old man's beard, which is sort of a native wild clematis in uh, the UK which tumbles like cotton wool, cascades down the, um, down the hedgerows. And I'm cycling the strong smell of horse dung beside some very muddy paddocks with some sad looking horses. On one side I've got the busy A465, which I guess replaced the railway. So the railway was closed. I don't know, I'm gonna find out. And, uh, it certainly didn't survive the beaching cuts in the 1960s and most of it has disappeared even though I'm on an electric bike and I'm going to explain a little bit more about that. It's quite a climb. I have done this on a normal bike and it's really exhausting so forgive my heavy breathing. But the good thing about an e-bike is that it has various settings so it helps you doesn't do all the pedalling for you. You've got to put some effort in. And in fact, the amount of effort you put in can be controlled with a little switch on the handlebars. So if I, I'm currently on, well, there are four settings. One is off, which I'm going to just go down to now. And that's really hard work. It's a very heavy bike. Then there's Eco, which doesn't seem to make much difference, to be honest tiny bit of extra help and trail which uh, is a setting I quite like because you get a bit more of a boost and then the final setting is something called boost which is like someone just put a big <laughs> a big hand on my back and pushed me up the hill so uh, we're pleased about boost but boost uses up more battery and part of today's mission is to see how far I get. Now, 
It's got a little computer on the front of this bike. It's like I'm past a robin. A lot of bird life here. There even be a song thrush up here. And uh, I'm just actually arriving in the next village, which is called Gavailon. Very pretty village at the base of Blorange. Back to the onboard computer, which is which not only tells me my speed, currently going uphill at nearly 13 and a half kilometers an hour. Uh, I've done, it tells me my distance, but I've done 4.7 kilometers since I left home and the battery charge is full. Now it'll tell me my range as well if I go through this. 97 kilometers it's saying. So if I was to go 50 kilometers, maybe 45 kilometers, because I coming back downhill would be a lot easier. Uh, I should be able to get home without having to pedal furiously with no, uh, no help from the e-bike. <laughs> I'm just passing a little marina here in Gavailon because this is where this railway, railway line met the canal, the Monmouth Brecon Canal, the Monbrec gorgeous canal that hugs the hillsides between Newport and Brecon. Now it's just a just a playground for little pleasure cruisers and narrowboats. A wood pigeon swoops in front of me on the path. So you hear the drone of the wheels going round but also the motor of the bike as it carries me through this little village. A mixture of old houses, the old core of the village, which presumably served the, uh, all the goods and raw materials coming out of the mountains, pop them on their way on train or boat down to the sea at Newport. Just coming to cross a road, a lovely bridge here, Gavilon Station. So here was the actual station for people to catch the train. What a shame it's gone. It'd be a lovely ride, although I wouldn't have this cycle path. But yeah, the station buildings are still here. Gavilan Station. And it says here, London to Midland and Scottish Railway Company. Persons trespassing upon the railways. <laughs> These lovely old signs. 1924 of Scottish Midland and Scottish Railway Act. So you can be done for trespassing. A poster for a missing dog. On the sides of the countryside, they've been chopping loads of trees down along this railway cutting. And so we're going to have a little bit of that. And someone's blocking the way. With their chainsaw in their cart. So Let's leave the chainsaw behind and head up on this. Kind of steep path now. It's quite easy going with this um, trail. So saying I've got 94 kilometers. If I went to Eco, I'd have 189 kilometers. But if I boosted it, it'd be 65. The path narrows and is muddier. I feel like less people use this part of it part of the railway line 
We're heading high above the Osk Valley. Fantastic views through the trees here. And yeah, it really is a spectacular view down to, I think that's the village of Gilwern, believe me. Another village that sort of serves the canal. We have to boost a bit just to get a bit of a breath of fresh air. They swerve past a, a dog poo bag on the on the road, on the railway line. Now we're coming, sort of turning from facing west, beginning to turn south into one of the great sort of secrets of South Wales really, the Cluddock Gorge. Now the main road does, the A465, the heads of the valley road, does go up it. So that can be slightly off-putting for some people, but it is the most amazing forested gorge full of thundering cascading waterfalls and rapids and the river Cluddock really does come charging down from the hills. Oh, I've arrived at a little station. It must be Gilburn Station. And uh, it's ghostly platforms. Lovely, uh, lovely bridge with the old stairs coming down to these empty platforms and I'm just cycling by. I love it. Really amazing. Actually the railway line now continues straight on but the path straight on into woods but the path deviates onto a lane uh, which is a bit of a shame actually. So we'll see where this leads. Little squirrel darts across. There's houses here. So I'm on a lane. Just going to follow this down see where it takes me. I think, well, let's go, let's just see. I think we can rejoin the railway line later, but for now we're gonna say goodbye to it and head downhill, so we won't be using up too much battery. So far, 16, oh, I was saying my average is 16.7 kilometers. How far have I gone? Distance, I've gone 14 kilometers so far. It feels further than that, but, uh, I've not been going that long. As I head downhill, ahead of me is the massive bulwark of one of my favourite mountains. Uh, it's just off to the west, sort of on the other side of the gorge. So Gilwer, uh, Clidic Gorge is flanked by Gilwern Hill and, and my favourite hill, which is Manathlangatic, which is a wonderfully craggy, uh, its north face is wonderfully craggy all scarred with scarred with quarries and workings and tram lines it's fantastic for wildlife at any time of year but spring is just magical up there and i can see one little tiny pinnacle of a stone which faces into the cluddock valley the cluddock gorge it's called the shepherd's stone i think uh, and it's just a single rock left by the quarrymen as a little memory to their work. It's a fantastic place to walk up to. It has a grand view down the Usk Valley and across all the mountains. So I come to a little junction just still head up following the cycle route. Uh, yeah, going down, 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 losing a lot of height. But I can see the gorge the sort of Cluddock Gorge below me or the or the valley of the Cluddock Gorge beautiful whitewashed houses down there on the northern edge of the village of Gilwell. 
which is a nice village. A couple of pubs and a very good fish and chip shop. And it's on the canal as well. So a lot of these villages have that relationship with the Mombrek Canal. The reason for their founding. So it's interesting, this railway line and the canal must have worked together with all the little tram lines that stream down from the hills to cart all the raw materials down to the sea at Newport and out into the wider, wider world, the empire. As you can hear, I am now just coasting into another village here. And it's telling me to go left, left up a, uphill. Almost back on myself. Maybe that's how I would turn up to the railway line. So this has been a very tough little hill to get up. Here we go. Oh, it's steep. But the boost just kills it. Oh my word. Just sort of absolutely eats it up. Quite a rough surface, but wow. I mean, I couldn't get up here there on my, uh, on my normal bike. Absolutely not. So I wonder, so I'm going back up. Have we lost all that ground? It's like I'm doing a kind of Z shaped. The motor, you can hear the motor straining a bit. The wind in the trees up here, much higher. Whew. Okay, so looks like there's a junction here. And I can go, I can go right. So maybe I'm back on the railway here. Yeah. Lovely view up here, up the gorge. With whitewashed houses dotted across the hillside. That sounds like a great tit. Well, maybe that's a blue tit. Well, we're getting right into the, up into the gorge now. It's not taking me very long. And, uh, this is the sort of, oh my goodness, we're on a massive viaduct. Wow, incredible, wonderful, wide viaduct with an enormous quarry high above and carved into the hillside. Hello, hi. And old quarry workers' cottages. Oh, the quarry is amazing really worth the old railway inn. Just a private house up here. Now, where do we go? Come to a village. This is Cloddock. This must be Cloddock. Right, the town of Bryn Mawr is three and a half miles further on. Wow, the station inn. Beautiful, tiny little dwelling. I love finding these little ghosts of the, of the railway. Nice. So just following this, it's still the old railway line. Cum Cluddock, a sign for Cluddock Gorge, Cluddock Valley. What an amazing place now. I'm going through a sort of kissing gate which looks quite onto very rough terrain. This is going to be interesting. Now the path is, oh, is a precipitous drop 
to the west, straight down. The trees growing out, but there'd be no solace to go off the edge there. Ooh. Let's see where this track goes. Wow, now I'm really out into the countryside, high, high, high above the gorge. The bike is doing great, what a great job. I've just noticed the first bit of the battery has gone down. So it's got five, five markers, five sections, and the first section has just gone. I'm now cycling beneath crags, rocky outcrops covered in moss and small beech trees. I'm almost up onto the moorland here. Fantastic quarry above. There's a raven high up above the quarry. What's this say? Slanesley Quarry between the rock and a hard place. Wow. So yes, I'm still on the I'm back on the railway, it says here, which is good news. There's some old photographs and some old drawings. What it would have looked like. It's full of amazing structures here. That's the thing that is most surprising. Just, it's well off the tourist beaten track. But I crossed a viaduct to take your breath away. Uh, it's just this lovely route. And, well, I'm gonna to head to Bryn Mawr, I think. That might be my target for the day. It's half a mile to Gettlyvellen. Gettlyvellen is, is the next settlement ahead. So I've got a range of 71 kilometers. <laughs> My average speed has been 16 kilometers now. Potentially another four hours of cycling at least. And I'm cycling around a great inlet in the cliffs. So the train line would have had to wiggle around hugging the cliff face. Getting much muddier here. I'm grateful for the really fat tyres on the on the bike. Amazing. How have I not been here before? So this this has shown to me that okay, this is taking me about an hour to get up here. By walking from my house, I'd, I'd get nowhere near. I'd be. This has really opens up your horizons. I've got to places that I can't even get to in the car. And I think I've reached Deathly Vellum. And Bryn Mawr is two miles further on. That might be a good place to stop for coffee. Back on the road now. I'm sure this is still the railway line. But it's been... There are little houses here. This is a settlement. Deathly Vellum. There's a great tit. There's sort of ruins everywhere in the... And it looks like there's a road even higher up above. In fact there is, I'm just joining it now. Oh wow. What a remarkable place. Sort of, sort of rough farmland and small holdings here. As we head on towards... There's a bullfinch. <laughs> Absolutely lovely. A pair of bullfinches feeding on maybe some early buds coming out. Across this busy road. 
and so I've arrived at Bryn Mawr, which is a, a town at the top of uh, the Clitic Gorge and a proper valleys town, handsome place, with bleak hills around. It's a very welcoming place. There's some lovely little shops and things. All of these valleys towns are worth exploring. Uh, and there's always surprises to be found. Good, I've found the centre of Bryn Mawr. It's uh, very different coming on by car, which I've always done before. Nice looking pub. And here's the centre. And all I need is a coffee. Now, that was magnificent. I just had a cup of tea in Bryn Mawr. Life-giving. It was one pound. Oh, it was just what was needed. I've got a bit cold and a bit wet, but tired. Delicious. Perfection. Uh, so thank you, Bryn Mawr. Now I've discovered there's a brilliant looking cycle route all the way back over to Blynavon, where I can um, where I can get home to Abergavenny. So let's see how we go with that. But oh, I'm lost in Bryn Mawr. <laughs> My plan is to head back across the moors in the sleet um, to Blind Oven and then cut back down to uh, cut back down to Abergavenny. Blind Oven is my next stop and let's hope I get there. Crossing a footbridge and also a cycle bridge to get out of Grimmauer and across a very busy road. But yeah, so I'll be heading east now to kind of create a bit of a circle, circular ride. And that's going to be... still only use one bar of my battery. So that's pretty impressive. And it's quite cold now. I think um, I'm very exposed. Bryn Mawr is right on top of the... on top of very bleak mountain top so and, and they are really bleak hills here very treeless very sort of pale melina melinia grass so they're not they're not the sort of more welcoming green of some of the more southerly more northerly brecon beacon or westerly brecon beacons uh, yeah i'm really cold now need to heat up let's get pedaling Maybe put my settings down a bit. It's not too far to Blind Avon, I think. And I'll be following an old railway track, so let's see how it goes. So heading out now into the bleak wilds. Amazing. Who knows what I'm gonna find? I've never been down here before. So it's I'm just heading up. And on either side it is very, very sparse. This is a spoil pit, a spoil heap. There's somebody cycling ahead. Let's see if I can catch them up. I'm on boost, so I'm cheating. Now, for now, I'm heading north, parallel to the railway line I was following earlier. But we'll be turning east quite soon, I think. 
which this helmet had heating in it. All right, we're just gonna head across this icy moorland. Some horses to my left on the rough common land. Got quite a way to go, I think. Thank goodness for electric power. Four miles to Blenavon. That's really not far on a bicycle. So my range is now down to 54 kilometers. And it's probably about 30 kilometers back to home. Icy. The ditches are covered in ice up here. So while it's a lot warmer down in the valleys, and I'm really very high up now, there's ice here. Whew. Definitely feels about 10 degrees colder. Lots of twisted hawthorns, a few rowans and some ash tree, some conifer trees, and lots of rushes, rushy pastures. I think if I was on just a normal bike, I'd be slightly despairing because such a long way to go. I'm quite tired. Let's see how far we've gone so far. Only 25 kilometers. A lot of it has been uphill. Now ahead are the great spoil heaps of Blynavon, which are amazing places to which are eerie, strange, un otherworldly places to explore, full of coal and iron ore and other strange minerals. It's a wild place. A lot of mountain bikers go there because it offers lots of ups and downs and kind of curious, exciting, jumps and all sorts of fun things so that's where I'm heading towards now and it was there high on the hill where my batteries ran out not the, not the bike's batteries but my kit for recording so you have half the story but I think I think you get the gist of what a lovely adventure that was climbing up an old railway line through the hills from my home seeing so many ruins and strange sort of leftovers from the Industrial Revolution and then having the best cup of tea in the town of Bryn Mawr. Talking about best cup of teas and people Aww. to drink tea with, <laughs> I'm here in the studio with Hannah and Jack who helped me make the podcast. Uh, hello. 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 Have you ever had a cup of tea that changed your day? Like Regularly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I can yeah. see why you... Yeah. yeah, that was a silly question really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack, you're a tea man or a coffee man? I'm a tea man. I tea think. man, yeah. Um, got that look about you. Yeah. I'm just tired. <laughs> <laughs> you need coffee. Because uh, um, it was cold. That, 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 you know, that, was, that was early spring, that. So we've gone back in time a little bit with this podcast. That, I think, is one of the nicest things about that audio. It's like you sort of, it's so easy to forget when you're in midsummer how it feels to be surrounded by cold in that way and everything's kind of dormant and waiting to come out and we're sort of so spoiled now with all of the kind of all the growth all the flowers all the wildlife being able to go out wearing just like a t-shirt and so to be taken back to that time i think it's quite special oh that's nice well maybe that's a new thing we should do is out of season yeah. <laughs> um uh little tasters of uh, what it was like yeah I, it was quite nice re-listening to it actually and, and hearing great tits and all the sort of 
freshness of yeah, of it sounds starting. fresh. Like every, the sounds are traveling a really long way. It feels really clear and bright. So thank you. Well, I I had a, I had a great time and electric bikes. I, I know Jack and we 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 had an electric bike experience before, but we were rather we were we were we were in the company of a professional mountain biker, and I felt sort of he was brilliant, but I felt we were trying to keep up with him the whole time. Oh yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I was behind you the whole time, and I was even I was a bit like I know I had a load of kit hanging off me, but uh, it was fun. But also with Tom, it was quite tiring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. going. Which episode is that, Jack? Do you remember? Uh, it's episode one three nine back from March last year. Oh my goodness! It's a long time ago. It does feel like it. Well, it's it's. 70 is 60 plus podcasts ago uh, how did that happen yeah i really like being my own just pedaling up this up this railway line just coming across ghost platforms the little uh, the little station buildings pubs and settlements it's kind of fun and also really fun not to be completely exhausted although <laughs> i did hear my breath quite a lot in that so. <laughs> You can't help that. I really love the sort of synergy between you uh, cycling, so using like modern transport on something that has kind of like forgotten transport. Mm, it's like a really yeah, nice yeah. kind of motif about transport. It is. Well, it's nice that it's still open as a line that we can we can use. And it is, I mean, cyclists bomb up and down that line all the time. Sort of wish it was still a railway though, because yeah. you kind of feel that we we need more of these sort of connections but anyway it's it's a gem and if you're down in, in Abergavenny or Bryn Mawr or any of those valleys towns along there but what I what you don't get from this is where I went next which was across the moors and past lakes so how far did you get on that charge I did about 45 50 miles and I still had probably a third of the charge left That's so amazing. so one thing I realized is for my lifestyle I don't need hundreds of miles on my electric bike. Mm. So I, I've always think when I think about buying an electric bike, let's get one that can do like 200 miles. Oh, I'm not sure that that exists, but 100, 100 miles. <laughs> yeah. But actually 50 is plenty for, for a day out. And um, It all depends on where you plan to ride really, isn't it? Because yeah. that's the thing. If you're going somewhere, if you're commuting or you're somewhere mm. flat, something like a range of 50 miles is prob probably enough for you because you don't need the high power to to get there i think it i think we mentioned it back in that episode with the mountain bikes obviously in that case there's a lot of uphill and sometimes you are flicking it up into turbo infamous turbo yeah. mode this is called boost this one <laughs> i i quite like boost it sort of did feel like someone put a big hand on your back and just pushed you up yeah and in that like, if you obviously the more you use that the the more you reduce your range because yeah. it's using the more power. But um You've got this little computer that tells you each time you switch, it tells you what, what it drops down to or what it goes up to. Um and going up a Welsh hill is or a Welsh mountain. And also in the cold as well. True. True batteries don't like cold. I, that's what I'm blaming for yeah. my batteries dying. <laughs> um so after that I, I cycled over to Blynavon, which is a fantastic village. It's uh, well town really, and they've got Big Pit, which is a music that's good and a uh, an old railway an existing old railway with steam trains on it and you can go down big pit and and see the original miners will take you down into the into the dark fantastic experience but then coming back down from um Blynavon to Abergavenny is a five mile descent and i wish i'd recorded that because it was the most terrifying <laughs> No, it was like well, you were my, my, it was so it was so fast. My eyeballs were coming out the back of my head. 
and, ears flapping behind yeah, you. <laughs> and it was so steep that I was coming over the handlebars the whole time. I had to sit oh, right wow. back. And it was only after someone told me you have to put the, the seat right down when you're going downhill. Because <laughs> otherwise your weight is too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, so, Physics. Because um, it was a road with cars on it. There's this sort of sense of imminent death all the time. Anyway, That's good for you sometimes. It's true. I felt alive. <laughs> You're still, <laughs> still in boost mode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> flying oh down. my goodness! I got up to some speeds <laughs> there. But also, I thought if I came off, that would be that would be it. Yeah. Kaput, mm. gone. Um, and uh, and that would make. Glad you made it. But yeah, I recommend it. A really good and beautiful part of the world to explore. So um, here's to all hail the, the the power of the electric bike to get out further. Oh, get rid of the car. Yeah, I wish I could keep it. So I borrowed it. So I wish I could keep it and I wouldn't use my car half the time. Um, you mentioned having that taste of spring now in midsummer. I've got a taste of summer from just last night, which I think is like brings us back to the moment. And I just want to play it to you because it's sort of one of those. And you'll know what it is immediately, obviously. So that's last night in Abergavenny. And you know what they are. Obviously. Well, mm, I know the noise, but whether or not they're swifts or swallows. Swifts, definitely swifts. swifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and they're gathering in great big clouds of them. And I haven't seen so many swifts in the air. There's, I was just out late evening collecting my son from an after school thing. And they're gathering. And what is it now? We're quite late, mid to, we're mid to late July. They'll be gone by the end of July. Isn't that like gone back to Africa? A week. A week, oh, 10 yeah. days. That's sad. So they're gathering. They've all, it was all the youngsters and all the adults together, and there must have been 50 or 60. And I've, I don't think I've seen more than five or six in the air at any one time this summer. So perhaps that's the whole of the town, the Swifts, going, hey, how was it? It was all right. It's quite a nice small Welsh market town, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. Might be back next year. Let's see what's, see what's, oh. see what's going on. Yeah, so a little bit poignancy. Are swifts the kinds of birds that use the same nesting sites year after year? I think so. I think so. And they do really rely on those little cracks in the in the in sort of eaves and like the, that whole campaign to, to build swift bricks into every new building yeah. in Britain is sort of at its it's it's teetering on whether ministers will go. Oh, that's a good idea. It's very very cheap. It's whether there's the political will to say let's do something good. Mm. <laughs> So that would be good because what happens is when the swifts breed, they you know the youngsters fly off and then they come back and the adults from the previous year, if they survive, will take the the, the traditional nesting spot, and all the youngsters will be going. Doesn't seem to be a lot of real estate round for us. Where 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 are we going to go? So if there were cra if there were swift bricks in every building, then all those baby swifts would have somewhere to go. Happy days. It's a lovely idea. It is good. Well, that was my little sighting. Uh, have you seen? You've you had some amazing sightings recently with your sparrowhawks last week. Well, maybe I've run out yeah, of things. That. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What a high bar. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed the rain. I've, I've like it's been heavy, unexpected, Very heavy. like just sort of brilliantly dramatic. Mm, you can been. see it coming from like miles away, and then it's sort of it's all over in the matter of minutes. It thumps nice. down. Yeah. yeah, it's really weird though because obviously we've had that. At the same time as a place in Europe and obviously yeah. America are having the hottest temperatures ever recorded. And I think... Terrifying those maps, aren't they? Yeah. Gosh, absolutely 
terrifying. Jack, have you been out and about roaming in the wild or have you been just roaming in the audio rooms of... Been pretty inside this week, I believe. Yeah. You're an indoor Jack. Well, I've got a future. I've got a future happening. Oh, have you? Okay. <laughs> yes, I'm away next week. No. Where are I you am. going? Scout camp. Yeah. Oh. Uh, on our summer camp. Adorable. Uh, for a week. Have you polished your woggle? A bit personal. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're off, off for a week. So it'll be a nice week of, well, might be a bit damp, but uh, a week of camping and a few activities and stuff. Amazing. And we've got the mountain bikes booked. Um, so we've got a few activities like that, so definitely, hopefully, oh, you're the gonna, scouts will enjoy this. We'll have an entire podcast of Jack, of Jack's <laughs> adventures. That'd be so nice. Yeah. Hope uh, you have a lovely time. Amazing. Well, I look forward to that. Groovy. That's cool. Oh, you also saw three three peregrines in once at once in the sky, and I didn't need your help for once. Yeah, well done. It was great. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's always fun to, to spot peregrines with you, Hannah, but I I was down on, uh, I was down, I was on Glamorgan Coast again, Southern Down. Three peregrines came out of the blue. That's so nice. And they, um, mummy, yeah, daddy, and baby must be, nice. must be. And they were, they were mewing in that sort of oh. searing way they do yeah. just above the cliffs. Wow, That's cool, cool bird. So, I'm, I'm going to steal an extra slot of sightings and happenings. We'd love to hear your sightings and happenings, listeners. Please do get in touch. Always fun to hear what you've been up to, and especially if you can send in some sounds as well, you know. I just I use my phone to capture those swifts, and it wasn't very good, was it? But it's still fun. It gives us a taste of a little postcard from where you are, and best one we get each week will receive a lovely book from Jack's podcast library. I'm calling it Jack's podcast library because he's guarding it with his sort of. I'm very like, much just the gatekeeper, Cerber- Cerberus, and gatekeeper secretary. I'll tell yeah, you that. That's um, cleaner, <laughs> mild mannered janitor. <laughs> So, yes, we've got them to give away. Please send in your emails and sounds. And you can reach me, Hannah and Jack, at editor at countryfile.com. Don't even ask for the books back. No. Yeah, it's a bookshop that you don't have to pay, <laughs> but only one book a week. <laughs> um, so we do have, we've got a lot, we've got a few things in. We've had a couple of really nice comments on social media, which I'm going to read. Well, we've had Jal58 on Twitter, who says, really enjoy the podcast and congratulations on reaching the 200th episode. The podcast has inspired me to take more notice of birds, plants and insects while walking in my local area. Thank you and the team. I think that's just really nice because it's like, uh, you know, we do it because we want to kind of encourage it. We want to share our joy and fun and love of nature and the outdoors, but actually to hear that someone's it's given them more pleasure oh well brilliant Brent. thank you jowl 58 alana Dua via instagram says i adored this episode with elizabeth jane burnett which was 202 which is two ago so many takeaways from it that really landed with me particularly the piece on grief it was dippers that did it rather than moss for me which i think is lovely that's really lovely so specific and I immediately had to buy 12 words for Moss afterwards, uh, which is Elizabeth Elizabeth Jane's book, uh, which we, we was all part of the reason for the podcast. But lovely. Thank you, Alana. Really nice to hear that. So and yeah, Dippers. The, the, well, who knew? The secret power of Dippers. So this hefty tome I've got from Graham Jackson, who has had a book from us before. However, this is such a nice one um, that we thought we'd include it today. So he says, congratulations on reaching your 200th episode. A fantastic achievement and a testament to the range of topics covered, engaging interviews and your collective knowledge and passion. 
While I'm here, I just thought I'd share a few nature-related thoughts and experiences with you. As I've mentioned before, all of my three children share my interest in the natural world, whether it's watching wild aisles and spring watch, going out for walks together, or discovering bugs and flowers in the garden. But this year, my son has developed a keen interest in birds and has been devouring my bird books. So as well as my solo walks, we now frequently head off together on our own adventures, on foot or by bike. That's just like you, Fergus. Yeah. It's been fantastic and we've been very fortunate to spot a white-tailed eagle only 10 minutes down the road, having joked about our chances of seeing one just beforehand. And peregrines nesting near to his school, having joked about that too. We drag the whole family out of bed to hear a late spring dawn chorus and our first nightingale and have been dive-bombed by a pair of godwits protecting their young who had unwittingly stumbled onto our bicycle path. Lots of wonderful encounters and still so much to see and explore. I've also attached a few sound recordings to this email, which were recorded during solo and family adventures over the past year. I hope you enjoy listening to them and can confirm whether it is a marsh warbler or not. Here's to another 200 episodes. Well, thank you, Graham. My goodness, well read. That was a, that was a big meaty letter. Thank you, Graham. We like we like long letters because it really tests Hannah's, Hannah's <laughs> I'm uh, practicing. lovely I'm velvety tones. Um, I think we should hear the marsh warbler. Yes. Because, well, if, if that is what it if is. If it is, yeah, because I haven't played this and I normally do play them in advance. This will be a first... really interesting. I've never heard a marsh warbler. I see you might not know whether or not this one. No, I might have to look this You're up. the worst person to ask. <laughs> it sounded a bit like a sedge warbler, but I'm going to look up that and next episode we'll come back and find out whether that's a marsh warbler. Be good to know where it was, Graham, where you, where you heard that. But they do, it's a very rare bird to find in the UK. So it'd be lovely to lovely to hear, uh, lovely to find out where you heard it, mm. and um, we will confirm next episode. Tension, cliffhanger. Tension. Um, but Graham, totally deserved. Uh, we're going to enjoy your other recordings, and we might play them next week as well. But for now, we're going to go off to our sound library and listen to Marsh Warblers. Thank you both so much for joining me, Thank Hannah you. and Jack. Thank you very much. Thank you everyone for listening, and join us again next week for another lovely adventure in the countryside. <laughs>